Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. The book of John chapter 21, the book of John chapter 21, with a note stand on this side of me. And uh, um, you've been standing a while today, so I'll, I'll I'll read a short portion of scripture. Is that all right? John 21, verse 3. Are y'all ready? Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. Doesn't that sound good to every dad in the room? Doesn't that sound good? I know it does, Brother Kevin, because he just went fishing just a couple nights ago, invited me to go with him, and I couldn't. But uh, everybody say, I go fishing. And look at your neighbor and say, you need to go fishing. Amen. You may be seated today. I, uh, I had a neat experience a few years ago. We, you know, we have our 80th anniversary coming up. 80th anniversary and, and plus 15 years of pastoral anniversary. And uh, it's amazing how time goes. This is such a great church of longevity. Several years ago, I went and uh, was privileged to preach for John McDonald, who's going to be our speaker. And one of the finest people you'll ever meet, one of the finest families you'll ever meet is going to be here. And uh, because they're some of the just fine Christian people, powerful preacher. But uh, he's also a great fisherman. He took me on the, on the West Coast in Eureka, California. And he told me, he said, when you come, he said, I want to take you fishing. Come out a couple days early. And we'll go try to catch some salmon. He said, depending on the water, because the waves can get very high. And uh, when I got there, it was a miracle moment because he said, this is probably a one day a year moment that the, that the ocean water was like a lake. And I said, the favor of the Lord is upon me. Amen. I felt blessed. But this is what I caught. Throw that picture up there. Isn't that something? That's my biggest fish I've ever caught. And... Uh, I don't know if a boastful spirit came over me, a bragging spirit, but I just felt the show. Brother Kevin, I just felt the brag a little bit today. Uh, and and if you've never, if you've never uh, seen where I've come from in West Virginia, just a few years ago, my brother and my my brother and his boy, uh, Theron and and Sarah and I went was back home. We decided to go fishing, and I went up. I caught some of the. In, in just a little while, I'd lived there my whole life and caught some of the biggest fish I'd ever caught back home. And this is one of them that I caught in Glen Ferris. That's a hybrid striped bass. It feels good to be applauded for fishing. I'm just going to tell you right now. It feels very good. Go fishing, he said. He, he said, uh, I, I go fishing. He wasn't talking fishing like I'm talking today. Uh, although I do believe at some part of it, there was a cultural aspect uh, uh, of it that maybe was relaxing, being out on the water, being out on the boat. What you have to realize is three and a half years before this, when he met Jesus, Simon Peter was on a boat and he had fished and he had caught nothing. And when he came in, the Lord had spoke to him about try it again and cast your nets. And when he had thrown in the nets, uh, he caught a multitude of fish. That's a good feeling when you catch a lot of fish. But he knew, Simon Peter knew, that when he had thrown the nets 
and had caught those fish that day when he met the Lord, he knew this was not just another man. This is the Messiah because when he threw those nets and caught those fish, he knew that was a miracle. And he said, he fell to his knees and repented. How many know the story? He said, I'm unworthy for you to even be on my boat for this miracle to happen. What Jesus was showing him is that his success in his future was going to be in Jesus Christ. How many believe that? Your success is going to be in the Lord. But he told Simon Peter, he said, I want you to follow me. And if you follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. That's why the Christian symbol, how many seen on the, you, you see it, a magnetic or a sticker on a car, it's the emblem of a fish because that's what we're called to do. We're all called to be fishermen and uh, uh, not of, of salmon and striped bass or largemouth bass or sunfish or trout, whatever you like to fish. And I know, realize in Ohio, a bunch of walleye fishermen, but that's not what he was talking about. He said, if you'll follow me, I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to teach you how to win and catch people because there's something more important than just a career. There's something more important than the family business and how much money you make. You've got to reach people with the gospel. There are people that need to be reached. There's people that need to be saved. How many believe that? There's people that we need to win or bring to the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to understand today that there is a lost city here. There are lost people here. They're just wandering people. They don't know that there's a better way. But I'm so glad today I know the way, the truth, and the life. Everybody needs Jesus in their life. Everybody needs the hope and the light of this salvation. Somebody shout amen. And so that day when Simon Peter, when Simon Peter repented, he folded his net. James and John, they also folded their nets. They walked away from a lucrative a lucrative family business as the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder. They walked away from a family career to follow this man around for three and a half years and he would train them how to reach people. Can you say amen? Jesus trained them how to win people. I want to stop here today and say there's more to life than making money and making a living. At some point, God calls you to make a difference in somebody's life. I'm reminded of the moment I was driving home from jail and uh, they let me out, praise God. I was preaching there on a Tuesday. Brother Gene, Brother Randy call, you know exactly the services I was teaching because you've been there many times. We'd had a great, great move of God. It was, it was so powerful. The power of God fell in that room. I think just me and one other was the only people in the room with these men with orange suits on. And, and I realized that they're labeled as convicts and prisoners and felons and they've created different crimes. And you, you, you label people because of their actions. But don't ever forget, people are still souls. If you were lived in their life, raised in their family, walked down their road, wore their shoes, you might end up where they went or where they are. But he said, I was in jail and you came to see me. God is a God of compassion and love. Don't judge, don't judge the drug addict because of the pills they take or the drugs they take. Don't judge people. He called us not to judge people. He called us to reach people. That's what he called us to do. He called us to help people. There's a gift of help. He wants us to help people. 
Can I tell you today, this is a pulpit. I come to pull people out of the pit of despair, out of the pit of hopelessness. There is a better way than the way of sin. There's a better way than the way of hope. There's a better way today. There's a better way. Somebody shout amen. And I was there preaching the gospel on the Tuesday. I, I really miss it, Brother Gene. I do. I've been thinking about maybe this fall going back and ministering in the jails again. And uh, I was there ministering. Oh, the Lord moved. Men began to weep. They said, the first time I've ever felt love. I was in a Bob Evans and camouflage. I'd been hunting later one year and, and was sitting at a Bob Evans in Cambridge. A man walked up to me. He recognized me even with a ball cap. Y'all don't even recognize me when I have a ball cap on. I wave at somebody when I have a ball cap and y'all just look at me. And I finally said, oh, pastor, pastor, oh, I didn't know that was you. He said, I recognized him in my hunting clothes. And he came up to me. He said, uh, and, and I knew when I saw him, I, re- I recognized him. But I, I didn't want to say, hey, I met you in jail. You know. And I said, oh, it's good to see you. He said, uh, he came over and he was a little bit cautious how he approached the table. He said, I have to come and tell you something. I said, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. He said, would you do me a favor? I said, yeah. He said, I, I met you at the county jail. He said, I can't explain it, but when you would come, the entire atmosphere of the whole jail would change. He said, when you would have that service and leave, he said, the young men would serve the elder men coffee. There was respect. There was a different atmosphere when you come. He said, I just want you to know you made a difference. Whatever you do, keep going because it's making a difference. I I don't say that for, for you to look up to me today. I say that because there's something with us that's greater than us. Jesus is on the inside. He brings hope to the hopeless. He brings light to the darkness. I feel this. I, I, want, I want them to, if you will, uh, for a moment, in the book of Exodus, I want you to know who you are. And I'm going to explain why we've made some service changes and uh, what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you the greatest, the greatest revival of harvest and, 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 and growth we've ever seen is not behind us in this 80 years. It's certainly in the very, very near future. Amen. Can somebody say amen? The growth of the church is going to be so powerful, it's going to have to be contained outside the building and in your homes. Do you believe that? In Mark chapter 10, verse 22, it says, And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. Excuse me, Exodus 10. Did I say Exodus 10? I said Mark, didn't I? Because I'm not Jesus. I'm not perfect here today, all right? I need him. Exodus 10 and 22. Look at verse 23. It goes on and says, They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. Why? Because of the darkness. They couldn't see each other for three days. They couldn't get up for three days because of the darkness. But look what verse 23 says. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. In the midst of a dark hour of sin and confusion in Egypt, the people of God, there was light. There was light. Let me tell you who you are. 
You are not just a churchgoer that shows up on Sunday to check off, I went to church today because I'm a member of the anchor. Oh no, it's bigger than the anchor. It's bigger than a Sunday. It's bigger than a building. It's bigger than a membership. You are the body of Christ and God has put light in your dwellings. He told his disciples, you're a city set on a hill that can't be hid. Amen, you're the light to the, to the darkness. You are hope to the hopeless. You are what the world needs. I want you to look at two or three people and tell them he's talking about you. Amen. I, I speak to this congregation. You are gonna be in supermarkets. You're gonna be in stores. You're gonna be at family gatherings and just your presence coming in is gonna change atmospheres. There are gonna be people healed and when you shake their hand and say hello to them because something's gonna precede you in the last days, it's gonna be signs and wonders and miracles because you're not just churchgoers. You are the body of Christ. He said, you are my flesh and you are my bones. I want you to look at somebody near you and say, people are watching you. Amen. I come home, I come home from that jail. I, I, was, I left, I was come home from the jail one night and God had moved in such a powerful way. Grown men were weeping and crying. I, I remember them sitting there. I can still see them. Guys had Satan emblems tattooed on their foreheads. Uh, pictures of Satan literally tattooed on their face. And, and uh, here they are. And see, see, God will reach people that don't look like you. They don't have to look like me. He said in Ezekiel 47, when that stream leaves the temple and that river, that, that stream comes out of the house of God, it flows to desert places. It's going to dry places, Brother Harden. It's going to go to dry places. Everywhere it goes, it's going to heal. When it reaches the sea, the Bible says there was a very great multitude of fishes. Everybody say very, very. great multitude of fishes. How can you measure very great multitude? You just said a multitude of fishes, you think that's a lot. You just said a great multitude of fishes, you say that's a lot. But he said when the stream comes out of the house of God, and that's what we've got to understand. What God's going to do is going to start here, but it's not going to happen here. You've got to go fishing. Some of you come here to fish. You've got to go fishing. Amen. This is, this is where you come and get your equipment. But you've got to go out there to go fishing. You've got to go out to the sea. There's fish in the sea. Oh, I feel this. This should be a house of prayer. Out of this, we follow the stream to where the fish are. He said, when the stream goes out and hits the sea, here comes a very great multitude of fishes. You know what that means? Every diverse kind, all kinds of fish, all different sizes and shapes. Guess what? Every fish matters. You know what I say to this church? Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. Let's go reach some people. Let's go bring some people to the house of God. Amen. I got out of that jail that day and driving home, we'd had such a move of God. We'd had to, oh, I was whistling, I think. <laughs> you know how you do when you're, you feel like skipping. I, I felt like I was skipping all, the, skipping all the way to the, it felt so good. I'm talking about grown men in their weeping and crying, had given their life to the Lord, had felt hope. You could feel that, it was like light in the darkness. Here I am, I am, I, I just feel so good. I get in my pickup truck, driving down the road, come off the wide bridge, getting ready to pull up Pine Street. And uh, when I do, I see a man walking down the street. And y'all have heard me tell this story. But I see a man walking down the street and the Lord spoke to me. Felt like God spoke to the way he impresses me and said, I want you to go witness to that man. I want you to go talk to that man. 
And oh, I, I pulled up, my heart starts, when, when God starts telling me to do something, my heart starts fluttering. You know what I'm talking about? My heart rate goes up. It's called nervousness. <laughs> you know, oh, I said to myself as I turned up Pine Street from coming off the Y Bridge, I turned up. Oh, that's just passion. I'm just excited. I, I'm in milliseconds. I'm t- talking to myself and reasoning to myself. Oh, that's not God. That's just you. You're just excited because three receive the Holy Ghost tonight in the jail and people being repentant, giving their life to God. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you can't talk to him, I can't use you. Oh, it convicted me. It stirred me. Well, I don't, I don't want to not be able to be used of the Lord. I, I immediately turned down Muskingum Avenue. You know where that is, coming up Pine Street, one of the first roads there. Turned down Luck Avenue, pulled back up on, uh, on 40 East and come up. And I pulled up right beside this man I'd never met, never seen. Pulled up beside him and rolled my window down. And I went to say something, but something else came out. I went to say something to him. I don't know. I just said, hey. I said, hey, man. I said, hey, you're having problems with your wife and you caused it, didn't you? And when you say something like that, you know, I mean, to a stranger... I mean, who knows? But there was a boldness. The Bible says in those moments, you have to think about what you're going to say. The Holy Ghost was going to say it. And the Lord spoke through me is what happened. The Lord used me as a vessel he could speak through. And I said, you, 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 you're having problems with your wife and you caused it, didn't you? He said, yes. He started crying. I said, I want you to stand right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm telling him what to do. I said, I want you to stand right there. Don't move. I'm going to come, out. I'm going to come and pray for you. I went over. I said, you need to repent. Ask God to forgive you for what you've done. Well, he just immediately started repenting. His hand had a 16-ounce Coke bottle in his hand. Starts crying and repenting to the Lord right there. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, oh, God. I laid hands on him right there, and the power of God fell on him just like it would in a church service. I've often wondered what would have happened to that man if I hadn't stopped what he was walking to go do. What was he, what, where was he going that God would put me in front of him to intersect that? And I say to you, what was somebody doing that God, where were they going that God told you to go to them, but you was too shy and overrode it and went on your way to do your own thing? You didn't know what happened to those people. I want to say to you that what God's going to do in the end time, he expects you to be able to, it's, listen, he expects you to be one-on-one with people. Hey Amen. Brother Gene, you got that fishing pole right there. Brother Randy Call, you have that fishing pole. God expects you to be connected to the fish. He wants you to be connected. Amen. He wants you, to, you got to be connected to God, but you got to be connected to the fish. You're going to begin to reel them in with the love of God. You know, the bait that we use is not, is not hateful. It's not mean. It's not condemning. It's not judgmentalism. It's, it, how many know that, that what we use is the love of God? The Bible says we, we've come to him, amen, by the, uh, through, through the love of God that has drawn us, drawn us to repentance. What's going to bring people is the light in darkness. It's the hope in hopelessness. It's the love in hatefulness. Amen. Anybody can judge people and condemn them. Easiest thing to do is criticize somebody. But I'm going to tell you what God calls us to do. To forgive, to love, to present mercy. I feel this today. I'm preaching everywhere I go because it's in my spirit. There's a great draw of backsliders and preachers' kids and elders' kids that went astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. But there's something about God that every morning his mercies are renewed every morning. And there's a new draw. There's a new call that God says, come back to me and I'll forgive you. Amen. There's a plan. How many believe there's a plan for people? There's the mercy and the grace of God. Somebody shout Amen. There's going to be light in your dwellings. There's going to be light in your homes. Can I say to you that in the last hour, darkness is coming over the land. 
The last three years, I've never seen it so dark. I can't explain why that, 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 that our nation has changed. Our, there's so many things that have changed. Immorality has, has went chaotic and, and I, some have blamed it on COVID because people were in front of screens for all those weeks at home. And I don't know, but I do know that the Bible says in the last days, Seth, God, evil men will wax worse and worse. It's going to get darker. But guess what? Darker the night, brighter the light. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I'm preaching to somebody here today. It's not over when the church is here. If the church is still here, there's still hope for your neighbor. There's still hope for a city. There's still hope for a nation. Somebody shout, I'll go fishing. Oh, Simon Peter repented. He cut all these fish and he knew it was the Lord. The Lord said, come with me. Everybody say, come with me. He said, I will make you fishers of men. For three and a half years, that's exactly what he did. Simon Peter walked with the Lord, James and John, of course the 12 disciples, 70 others, and they watched him minister, forgive, love, heal. All these things was the Lord's way of what? Going to all the world, love people. And he taught them how to love. He taught them how to preach. He gave them healing power to heal the brokenness of people's lives. How many know that's true? Somewhere in Simon Peter's walk with God, the Lord told Simon something. You see, God... God knows you better than you know you. He said, Simon, he said, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. Oh, Lord, not me. Maybe James, maybe John, probably Matthew. He, he was a tax collector, but not me. Uh, not me. Oh, he said, oh, no. He said, before the cock crows, you're going, to deny me you're, going to, you're going to deny me thrice or three times. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. How many know when, when Calvary happened that everybody ran away from the cross? Except John, you're quiet this morning. Are y'all with me? Everybody fled away from it. Simon denied him. We know that. Judas betrayed him. We know that. But everybody fled the cross. Isaiah reveals it this way. He said he went to the wine press alone. That's talking about Calvary. He went to Calvary all by himself. John and Mary, the mother of Jesus, he sent home. Here he is, Simon Peter. When they asked him on the third time, hey, you're one of him. You're a follower of Christ. He said, I never knew him. Begin to curse like a cursing fisherman, sailor. Begin to curse, and when he does, I believe that he looked up and the Lord was looking at him off the cross. He saw him. Simon Peter was so convicted, he, had, he, had, he, he also had denied the Lord. In reality, this was a betrayal as well. He runs and hides. You'll find that there was such fear over the disciples and Simon Peter denied him. Simon Peter had a disciple. His name was Mark. He wrote the book of Mark. He was known as Marcus, also John Mark. But Mark actually records it, doesn't record his name, but it was him. He, he was so scared when Jesus was crucified as a follower that he ran so fast away from the cross that he literally ran out of his garment. He ran out of his own clothes. I'm talking about that's trying to get away because if they're going to crucify him, they're going to crucify me. There was fear that came up on them. And, and we know the story, Jesus dies. Jesus dies. It's one of the most beautiful parts of the story of Calvary. Jesus dies. They bury him. He resurrects. They go to the tomb. They can't find him there. Why you seek the living among the dead? And he tells them, he said, you go tell my disciples and Peter. Peter, your failure is not final. 
Peter, what I told you you were going to be, you're still going to be. You might have walked away from me. You might have denied me. You haven't done what you're supposed to do. But listen to me, Simon Peter. I have given you the keys are still waiting on you. They're the keys to the kingdom. What hell has shunned? What hell has done? You're going to have authority over hell. You're going to have authority over everything the devil's done. Can I say to you that hell is after our children? Hell is after our people? Hell is after the souls of mankind? But there's a greater force than hell. It's called the church of Jesus Christ. It is the church. Somebody shout, the gates of hell shall not prevail. You know what that means? We have power to set people free. We have power to see people delivered. We have power to see people healed. We have more power than the darkness because Jesus is the light that lives within us. Amen. Brother Noah, proud of you becoming the camper of the year. So proud of you. But I want you to understand something, Brother Noah. One of the greatest works you'll ever do is not having a, a career that you retire from, owning a yacht somewhere, owning a vacation home somewhere, having a great retirement and a bunch of money in the bank. Listen, there's more to this than a career. There's a calling. It's stepping between people and brokenness, people and destinies, between a soul of a man and the eternity of a man is to be able to get there and begin to speak to them what God gives you to speak and get that person that's broken and hopeless and has no, has no joy or peace in them, to turn them around and then they can say their cup runneth over because the Lord is coming to their life. There's something greater than making a living. It's making a difference. That's what God's called the church to do is to make a difference but Peter's broken now he's he's filled the Lord he's walked away he's denied the Lord he's feels like God's mad at him how many of you have ever felt God's mad at you he went and hid among the stuff and wasn't long that he's heard the Lord as you know he knows the Lord's been resurrected but he doesn't feel worthy so he makes this statement he said I go fishing I'm going fishing. He looks at his disciple, at his friends. He said, I go fishing. You know what I personally believe he was doing? He's saying, let us go fishing. He didn't say that, but at this stage of his life, it's, it's hard to go net fishing alone. You, you, you need somebody to help you with the net, the way it's cast, the way they do. Drag that net through the water. He said, I go fishing. Wait, but he was telling them, I have to say at this stage of my life, I'm, I'm 43 and that when I, was a, when I was a young boy, if I found the sweet spot, I probably wouldn't have told you where it was. Because you let, if word gets out where the fish are, everybody shows up and fishes it out. Uh, you, know, you know how I know that? Because I'm one of those that would have showed up at that sweet spot and probably caught your fish, you know. I'll, I'll tell this story. There, there's, a, there's a guy, when I was growing up back, back in West Virginia, there was a guy we called Big Chew. That was his nickname. Everybody in West Virginia has a nickname. My nickname was Rod Bud, by the way. Aaron's Rod Budded. They called me Rod Bud when I was a kid. And uh, uh, everybody had a nickname. What's your nickname? <laughs> you have a nickname? Uh, huh? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what he said. <laughs> Cody's a cut up. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, don't you get involved in this. I won't be able to finish this message, I'm telling you. You get Jeremy Duvall in, in a joke, it's over. I'm telling you right now. What was I talking about? Big Chew. 
This, this guy, this guy, every time you see him, his jaw stuck out like he had big chew the back in his jaw. I remember that as a kid. He was a big old guy. His jaw stuck out. It deformed his jaw to where even when he was older, whether he had a chew the back in his jaw or not, he had a big jaw stuck out. Everybody called him big jaw, a big chew. And I was at a trout stream one time, and he's sitting there on the rock. And I was trying to find where the trout were. They had stocked the trout stream, and I just avoided. And I went and said hello to him. And I said, how you doing? You catching anything? He said, well, I've been, he probably talked real country. I've been trying to catch this trout out of this hole right here. And I looked in that hole, there's a gold trout. I mean, that's like trophy. You ever hear of a gold trout? It looks like a gold bar swimming through the stream. I mean, it's a, called a golden trout. And he said, I've been trying to catch this gold trout all day. I've been trying to catch this gold trout all day. I said, can I try? He said, go ahead. Would you believe it? <laughs> May his favor be upon you. Amen. <laughs> Brother Brent, I threw in that hole right under his feet and pulled that, pulled that gold trout out in the first cast. I was thinking, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Later, I thought that was pretty selfish of me. But as a kid, it just seemed the right thing to do. He said, ah! Go fishing. Why don't you go with me? On my older age, I, I, I don't like fishing alone, really. I, I don't get as much out of it. I like to take somebody with me. And we, we went out, and Brother John McDonald, we were catching salmon. Finn wanted to go. We went out in the ocean because not only we have one good day of the water, we had two good days. We went out and, and uh, got fishing. We got Finn. Finn's name for fishing. You know that. And uh, look, what, look what Finn caught. <coughs> Come on, Finn, real. Real. <laughs> so heavy. Uh, come on, bud. How you doing over there, Ben? Good. Oh, what do we got? Look what we got right there. Oh no! Pull him up. Oh, you got two on there. Two on there. Pull I've them got up. Two. Pull them in the boat. Pull them in the boat. I've got two more. Pull them in the boat. All oh, you. Keep going, keep going. Look at that, look at that. That seems how it goes. I take my kids, then they outfish me. And they outfish me. He caught two at a time. He, he, man, you, you have to know Finn. Once Finn does something good, he, he, gets, he starts walking like John Wayne. He got a little John Wayne swag to him. He, he, he's something. I take Sawyer fishing. Sawyer outfished me every, every time. Steve, do you remember me and you and Evan and Sawyer went down? He throws right in, catches a smallmouth bass bigger than I caught. I'm like, what is it? But I'm going to say to you today, there's something, there's something about going with somebody to celebrate that moment with them. And uh, even on you don't have anybody celebrate, you take it to Sunday morning services, put it on the wall so the whole church can celebrate with you, amen. But hey, hey, he said, I go a fishing. What he was saying was this. He was saying, I need somebody with me. I, I'm not having success in my life. I have, I have failed. I have, I have done wrong. And, and he, he, he's going back because he really doesn't feel successful. So you, God's probably not ever going to use me. I denied him. I walked away. I said I didn't even know him. I 
I'm going back to my old ways. I'm, I'm going back. And he goes back, climbs on his boat, unfolds the fishing nets that he had folded to follow the Lord. Now, now, now he's going to try, just going to go back to his career. I'm just going to go make some money. And you know who joins him? Sons of Zebedee. James and John, they must have felt discouraged as well. They go with him. They unfold nets. They unfold nets. The Bible said the other ships were with him. Little small boats were with him. They unfold their nets. They're going back to their old career because how can God use me to win men when I walked away from the cross? They're all discouraged. I've done the Lord wrong. And you know what? They go out and they go fishing. They fish all night long, the Bible says. It says they went forth and entered into a ship immediately and that night they caught nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, they caught nothing. Brother Randy Call, you ever been fishing and catch nothing? Yeah, they caught nothing. How many's ever been fishing and didn't catch anything? You know they went to the places where they knew were fish. They knew what time of year it was. They knew where the fish would be. The Bible specifically tells us that they caught nothing. But look what verse 4 says. This is what I want to preach to somebody. But when the morning was now come because his mercies are renewed every morning. You're going out back to darkness trying to have success, going back to your old ways trying to have success, and guess what? You're going to end up with empty nets. If that alcohol didn't satisfy you before, don't think it's going to satisfy you now. Those drugs didn't satisfy before, they're not going to satisfy you now. It didn't work then, it's not going to work now. You, you said, hey, I walked away from God. You said, hey, pastor, hey, I denied the Lord. Can I tell you all, we like sheep have gone astray. Every man been drawn away by his own lust. But guess what? When the warning was come, the Bible says Jesus stood on the shore. Can I tell you, when the light comes up in the morning, he's still gonna be there waiting on you. He's not done with where you are or where you're going. Let's jump to our feet, clap our hands and shout, shout Jesus is still here. Look at two or three people say, Jesus is standing on the shore. Woo, Jesus is standing on the shore. I preach to people that you blame your family on you. You blame your situations on you. You blame the chaos on you. But I come to tell you today, you can walk out of here free knowing God has forgiven you because his mercies are renewed. His mercies are renewed. A man remained standing as they come to the music. The Bible said Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Oh, it can't be him. He said, it can't be him. Why would Jesus show up at my shore? I denied him. I walked away from him. He came looking for me, the song says. From the shore they hear a man cry out. Children, have you any meat? You know what he was saying? Did you catch anything? Anything, anything, anything. Our group on the river, that's how it works. They responded, no, 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 no. They didn't catch anything because he knows how to keep your nets empty. He will keep your nets empty. So you will never be content going the direction he didn't call you. The Bible says they'll drink and still be thirsty. They'll eat, not be filled. They'll put money in a, in a bag that has holes in it. 
It'll grow wings and fly away. He will remove all, listen, all the stuff they get and there's no joy with it. Because he knows, look at your neighbor and say, he knows how to keep your nets empty. Simon Peter, he didn't call you to catch fish. He called you to catch men. Life's not about a career, it's about a calling. You are a part of something bigger than just making a living and living the American dream. When you came to the Lord, you said, here I am. There's a call of God in this room today. And I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost preaching you what I feel. That the Lord is saying to you again, come unto me. Simon Peter, I'm not done with you. You are going to preach the gospel. The calling of God is what? Without repentance. Everybody say it's outside of it. Just because you walked away from God doesn't mean the call has died. The call is as still much alive now as it was then. It's a quiet response to the building, maybe because you feel God speaking to you. He don't want you to live like everybody else. Look over your life and all you have is a house and a car. A few memories. God forbid you look over your life and you've never made a difference. Somebody's got to make up in their mind today, I'm going to go catch, I'm going to, I'm going to go help somebody. I've got the light. Come on, brace that. Would you do that? I've got the light. Do you believe you have the light? I can hear, I can hear somebody right now from jail saying, come and, come and bring the light to the darkness. Come and bring hope to the hopeless. Jesus says to them, cast your net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find. You know what they did? They listened to this stranger. You know, we don't have anything. Might as well try it. When they threw the nets and pulled them, they were heavy. And John says, you know who that is? That's Jesus. When it hit Simon Peter, that that wasn't just a stranger. That's Jesus. He threw his coat, fisher's coat on because he's naked, the Bible says. His fish went down shirt. And he dove in the water to the Lord because he realized at that moment when there was fish in the net after fishing all night with nothing, he knew that's the same one that came to me in my boat three and a half years ago. You know what this means for the gene? He's not done with me. And when he jumps in the water and swims, he swims his way to the Lord. When he gets up there, guess what's there? The Lord has fish on hot coals and bread. What they were looking for in the darkness, Jesus had waiting on them on the shore. What you're looking for in the darkness, you're never going to find. It's just always going to be empty. But what you're looking for in the darkness, he's got in the light. Do you believe that? Somebody shout with me. He came looking for me. Oh, I said to you, he's not done with you yet. Every ministry in this church, everything that we do, every door that we knock, every time you get on that keyboard, every time you, it's so powerful singing today. I love that song you started singing there at the end. So powerful. You know what you're doing? Everything we do is about reaching people. 
It's glory to God. But it's about it. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I want you to tell two or three people around you, God is not done with you yet. I want every husband and wife to look at each other and say, God has a great work for us to do. Tell your spouse, say, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. Hey, you have a picture of that well tail? You have a picture of that well tail. This is a picture we took. Do you see that? There was humpback whales and gray whales. 20 or 30 of them came around our boat. Finn was fine fishing until that happened. He set the seat and said, let's go home. They told me, they said, this is so rare to see whales like this. But you know what God's going to do when you start fishing? You got to go fishing. There's going to be a very great multitude. I mean, Moby Dick showed up. There's a very great multitude. And when they drug that net in, oh, would you drag the net? Grab the net. Drag that net with me. There's 153 fish in there. You know why? I just learned this recently. There's 153 species in the Sea of Galilee. And the Lord was letting one of each type. Because in the kingdom of God, it's not striped bass and salmon and walleye. It's just fish. Doesn't matter what color you are, what language you speak. You're just a soul. Amen. You're His people. You're made in His image. Somebody is going to go out of this room today and you're going to win somebody. You're going to bring somebody. You're going to reach somebody. Your home is going to be a light in a dark community. I wish you'd lift your hands and open up the Lord. Quit trying to have success and hobbies. Your net's going to be empty. And come and let the Lord give you what He has for you. I go a fishing. I go a fishing. Hallelujah. Come on. The reason you're not satisfied. Reason you're not content because you're not fulfilling your purpose. Simon, I've called you to be a fisher of men. That's what I want you to do. I want you to reach somebody. Hallelujah. Do you have a neighbor? Do you have a friend? Do you have a family member? Do you have a co-worker? Are you reaching for them? Come here, Brother Gene, bring your fishing pole. Come here, Brother Randy, bring your fishing pole. I close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You leave that in the garage, it'll never catch a fish. Slide it under your bed, it'll never catch a fish. You gotta put some light. It's got line on it. You just, you just have line on it. Need some line on the boat. You gotta have a hook, you gotta have bait. You gotta put what works on there. You gotta have the love of God in you. And if you will just reach for people, cast it out there, Brother Jane. Come here. Somebody prophesied to this. I'm getting ready to show you a video here in a few weeks about prophet prophesied over me. And when I was in California this, this past week, Open it up. Cast, cast it out. Oh, you know what you got on there? Bread. Bread. You got bread on there. Oh, man, he's got one. He's hooked. 
The Bible says, cast your bread on the water. It'll return to you. If you will go fishing, if you will go reach people with the love of God, I promise you, there's fish coming. There's fish. We can't contain what God's about to do. You're about to fill your houses up with people that God is going to send in your direction. I want you to cast again. Do it again, Brother Gene. Woo, look at the splash. Did you see the splash out there? Oh, this time it's a big one. It's going to pull you in if you're not careful. Reel it in. What are you doing? I'm pulling it in the direction of the love of God. I'm pulling it to the direction of heaven. I'm bringing it to the place of the life and hope. I'm bringing it to the things of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish somebody would run to this altar and say, Pastor, I'm going fishing. I wish somebody would get out of your seat and say, I'm going to reach a neighbor. I'm going to reach a friend. I'm going to the jail. I'm going to the community. I'm going fishing. I'm taking the love of God, the bread of life. I'm going to take it to somebody. I'm taking the gospel. Come on, before we go, I'm reaching somebody. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.